it's April 12th, 2022, and this is your Ukraine Daily Brief from the DSR Network. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Our top story today, Austrian Chancellor Karl Niehammer's face-to-face meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin was direct, open, and tough, according to the Chancellor. The Chancellor went on to say that Putin has massively entered into a logic of war and that he left the meeting rather pessimistic. Western officials told The Guardian that they expect Russia to try and double or triple its forces in the Donbass, but that it could take some time to reposition their troops. It is at around 37 to 38 Russian battalion tactical groups, which have a composition of 800 at full strength, are now combat non-effective, leaving the Russian military with around 90. Authorities in four Russian regions bordering Ukraine and in Russian-controlled Crimea announced they were stepping up security measures on Monday over what they said were, quote, possible provocations from the Ukrainian side. Moscow has accused Ukraine of targeting its border regions, including by striking a fuel depot in the city of Belgorod earlier this month. Finland and Sweden look poised to join NATO as early as the summer, according to officials. Washington is banking on the move that will stretch Russia's military and enlarge the Western alliance from 30 to 32 members as a direct consequence of President Putin's invasion of Ukraine. The countries are working together to build domestic consensus, but officials emphasize the final decisions will be taken independently. Both faced Russia across the Baltic Sea and Finland shares an 830-mile land border. The Kremlin has warned that expanding the alliance won't bring any more stability to Europe. Quote, we have repeatedly said that the alliance itself is more of a tool for confrontation. This is not an alliance that provides peace and stability, and further expansion of the alliance will not lead to more stability on the European continent, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said on Monday. President Joe Biden told Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi that buying more oil from Russia was not in India's interests and could hamper the U.S. response to the war in Ukraine, U.S. officials said. Biden stopped short of making a concrete ask of Modi on Monday, an official said, noting India has concerns about deepening ties between Russia and China. Lured by steep discounts following Western sanctions on Russian entities, India has bought at least 13 million barrels of Russian crude oil since the invasion in late February. That's compared with some 16 million barrels of oil over the whole of last year, data compiled by Reuters shows. In my opinion, India's purchasing of discounted Russian oil and Mexico's lack of sanctions on Russia underscore Ed Luce's point that while the West might be unified against Russia, That does not mean the world is unified against Russia. The United States has to do more to convince these states to come on side on this issue, and we have to be more creative than just to point out the horrors Russia is perpetrating in Ukraine. Russia will take legal action if the West tries to force it to default on its sovereign debt. Russia faces its first external sovereign default in more than a century, after it made arrangements to make an international bond repayment in rubles last week, even though the payment was due in U.S. dollars. The bonds in question were issued under English law, which allows a borrower to defend itself by saying 
that an external force made it impossible to honor obligations, so the court may postpone the payment, said Mitu Galati, professor of law at the University of Virginia. Hungary plans to pay for Russian gas in euros through Gazprom Bank, which will convert the payment into rubles to meet a new requirement set by President Vladimir Putin. Prime Minister Viktor Orban said last week Hungary was prepared to pay rubles for Russian gas, breaking ranks with the European Union, which has sought a united front in opposing Moscow's demand for payment in the currency. He said the new plan addresses the Russian requirement to pay in rubles without violating EU sanctions. Nearly two-thirds of Ukraine's children have been displaced in just six weeks, and nearly half of the children who remain in Ukraine may face food insecurity, Manuel Fontaine, director of emergencies for UNICEF, said on Monday. Fontaine added that the situation for children in Ukraine is even worse than Mariupol and Kherson, where children and their families have now gone weeks without running water and sanitation services, regular supply of food, and medical care. They are sheltering in their homes and underground, waiting for the bombs and violence to stop. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at udb at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the Ukraine Daily Brief. So go to the DSRnetwork.com and become a member to never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, tune into Deep State Radio tonight to hear David Rothkoff, Ed Luce, and Rosa Brooks talk with former U.S. Ambassador to NATO, Evo Dalder. Stay safe and stay tuned to the Ukraine Daily Brief from the Deep State Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs>